Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So uh, tonight I want to speak from um, John's Gospel, uh, chapter 8 and verse 35. It says this, John's Gospel, chapter 8 and verse 35 says, And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now this is a scripture which um, good Pentecostal, charismatic Um, lively Christians such as we are, uh, that we love this verse. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And and this is a a one, amen, everyone. You always get an amen with that one. I I remember um, preaching in in India and there were certain scriptures, there would always be uh, an amen and uh, a hallelujah. And uh, that would always follow. It wouldn't matter whatever you were saying. The whole crowd in unison would say it. And, but here's the thing about freedom, it's, it's, it's quite elusive, isn't it? And that the problem with freedom is trying to define actually what it is. Yeah. Oh, the sun sets free, I'm free. I remember as a child thinking, when I was hearing this in Sunday school and hearing this verse, free from what? <laughs> what am I free from? I don't feel captive to anything. Uh, and so when we say, we say to people, give your life to Jesus, he'll make you free. I thought I was. I I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't feeling that bound, really. (laughs) You can take things for that. Anyway, so... (laughs) But the amazing thing is that... And what then happens is that when you begin to realise as you are growing and maturing in life and you do begin to realise at a certain point hits... Each one of us, at some point, we began to realize that there are limitations to who we are. There are restrictions in our mind, in our personality, in, and we begin to grow a little frustrated. And internal, that internal mind is just working its way, thinking, I'm this, I'm that. We begin to speak over ourselves the negativity, and then we try, in Jesus, he makes me free. But what we end up chasing is freedom from ourselves, because it's ourselves that causes a problem. And there's the problem. How can you ever get free from yourself? You know, God made you, he created you, your personality is a precious thing, you are a precious gift in the sight of God, and yet that precious gift is, is something that we, we don't fully understand who we are, and we begin to pursue this liberty, this freedom from this thing. My, I remember my mum, she was raised in a very traditional, far more traditional than I was, and, and I remember she telling the story when she gave her life to Jesus, um, she was at a youth event um, and uh, she'd given her life to Jesus and come back, and she was in the car, and uh, she would have been about um, 16 years of age, and uh, it was, I think it was just before she met my dad, and um, she, she gave her life to Jesus, and she's telling her, her parents and other people in the car, and, and they turned and they said to her, you can never be sure of your salvation. And this fear, this thing just came over her. It's like, I mean, it's just this dreadful kind of like, 
uh, traditional, um, um, what, there was a, uh, an apostle called John G. Lake, he's one of my great heroes, he, said, he used to call it sort of um, baseball clubbing people into the kingdom. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, you don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and, and rather than sharing the actual love and grace of God, that causes so much joy and liberty. And, and so she grew up in this very religious, very constrained environment. And, and it put her on a, a journey, a pathway of questioning herself all the time. Questioning, is this right? Have I, have I said something wrong? And often she would phone me up. And um, she, we would, um, when we were up here pastoring and, and um, when she was still alive and she would phone, she would phone, and I guarantee I'd have a conversation with her, a lovely conversation, and then put the phone in. And I knew five minutes, give it five minutes, maybe ten at the most, she'd phone back. And then when she would phone back, she would ask, when I said, and there'd be a list of things that she'd, you, you didn't think I meant. And there would be this, this fear of, it was, she was constantly looking of an escape of the fear of things she might have said wrong. A fear of things that she might have done. But, but really, Christ never came to set us free from ourselves. He came to set us free from fear. He came to set us free from the things that stop us from being ourselves. You know, um, in Acts uh, chapter 3, we read of an amazing story that was uh, that happened with Peter and John. Now, Peter and John are kind of perhaps the most famous of the apostles, um, Jesus' disciples. And it says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from, from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have gold, <laughs> silver and gold, silver and, <laughs> he's confused already, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now this is an amazing story. We look at the things that Peter and John and the other apostles did and we kind of slightly awe and amazement of, the, of what they did. But we have to step back a bit and ask ourselves, well, who were these guys anyway? Here's the thing we know about Peter. We know that Peter was impulsive. We know that Peter was far more likely to speak first before he thought. We know that he would have been the personality in the party that would have been the one with all the jokes. Uh, we, we know that he would have been the one that would be most likely to get angry or upset. We know that when, when Jesus was being arrested at, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was Peter with his sword slicing away at people's ears. Any ears going, he was going to have them. And it was, it was Peter who would be um, explosive. Um, he, was, he was the one who was very reactionary. He was also the one who denied Jesus. It says in 
It says in Luke 22 and verse 60, uh, and this is Peter. Jesus, he's already declared a few chapters before, he's already declared that he knows that Jesus is the Christ. So he's the one who's, who's, who's absolutely nailed his faith in Jesus Christ. But here we have in 22.60, it says, But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're saying. This is after a, a woman had said to him that he was one of the disciples. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. If ever there was a man that had a reason to doubt himself, it was Peter. Peter was the impulsive. He was the one that was reactionary. He was the one who was gripped with fear but didn't know it. He was the one who was, who was, um, who was compelled to speak up and, and run. When, when Jesus had, resurrect, had resurrected, he was the one that went running into the grave to find out where Jesus had gone. He was the one, he was always Peter, the impulsive one, the, the man who was, and we, we can see him in all, his, in all his weakness, in all his frailty. This is Peter, the man who we see as the great apostle. But here's the thing, when Jesus came, to set Peter free, Jesus never changed. Jesus never changed Peter. He never changed him. He said, "Well, he must have changed him." No, Jesus gave him life. He, he didn't take away the Peter who was impulsive. That was still Peter. You know, we often we spend our lives chasing a liberty that you can't have. What are you looking for? I'm telling you what you need to understand. Who you are is who God made you. Who you are needs to be celebrated. The DNA of your personality, the character of who you are. If you are impulsive, well, you know, there is a, there is a wisdom to learn. Peter had to learn the lesson of his impulsive nature. I know what it's like to think um, to, to do something before thinking. Cheryl always says that as a, as a couple, she says that, um, okay, I, that I um, jump first, then think, and then Cheryl thinks, and, she, and together we work it out. She's, she's a, she would ask the questions, and I would just say, let's just do this. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm far more impulsive like that, uh, and Cheryl's kind of that, that um, more uh, thought-through process. But between us, we work through, and Jesus has never set me free from that. <laughs> I'm still the same man. Now, I'm learning to know what is strong and what is weak. I'm learning to know how to work. But my personality, the personality that's likely to do those things, is still the personality that God created. So we judge ourselves according to the things we do wrong and decide there's something wrong with us. We judge ourselves according to the, the things. We make mistakes and we, we nail it back to where there must be something wrong with me. There wasn't anything wrong with you. You just made a wrong decision. You are still a person God created. And if you understand that you are still a person that God created, then the gift, the, the personality that is likely to make a mistake is just as likely to do something incredible. 
Because your weakness is often your greatest strength. And here we see Peter. He's walking to the temple with John. He, um, this is the, the early days that they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God is moving in, in great signs and wonders. And they're just filled with such courage. You know what? If it was Thomas, would that man have got up and walked? If it had been Thomas um, walking up there with Andrew maybe. What would have happened to the man? Possibly nothing. Because it wasn't that gift flowing on their life. It was always Peter, the spontaneous man. And here's the thing with Peter. He's walking up and a man turns, um, cries out to him for, for, for money, um, for arms, because he didn't have any. I thought he needed legs, but to be honest with you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing about Peter. Peter didn't ask the man what he wanted. He just gave him what he needed. Because that was what Peter would do. Because that was his personality. See, when he took his personality and he nailed it to the life of Jesus Christ, the liberty that he found in him was fully explosive. He was revealing the nature of Jesus Christ by the fact that he was being impulsive. He, he turned and said, look at, look at me. Here's a man who's looking at him thinking, well, yeah, here comes my lunch. Here comes money for lunch. I'm going to go from there. I'm going to shuffle off down to Starbucks. And, uh, but here, you see, he, <laughs> he didn't know what he did need. You, um, you know that um, Henry Ford was asked, um, he said if he'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. That's what Henry Ford said. He said, I didn't ask people what they want. I gave them what they needed. People just thought they needed faster horses because they didn't know they could have a car. You've got to understand that we often don't know. Peter was because of his, here is a man who's needing something and it's Peter's ability to actually just respond without having to think. Peter was the right man for that moment. And you know what? God has for you circumstances that you're walking to, into and you are the right person for that moment. But you often find yourself in a place of doubt and fear because you're afraid of the mistakes that you've made and you don't want to make those mistakes again. And so you end up restricting, but judging yourself when Peter, here is a man, he didn't ask what the man uh, wanted he knew what he needed. He didn't ask the man if he believed. Because Peter believed it was enough. He didn't, he didn't go through this religion. Oh, if you believe in Jesus Christ, say this prayer after me. He didn't go through any of the, the religious functionality to try and make it work. He just gave him what he needed. And he didn't pause for spiritual leading. He didn't, because that was Peter's gift. And here's the thing that I want to say to you tonight, because I, I, I want to pray with you, and I want to break off from your life fear of man, fear of being afraid, disappointment of your own life that you have placed over yourself out of the, out of the trauma of your own mistakes, and you've labeled yourself, you've spoken about yourself in such a way that is very difficult for you to break away from the restriction, the labels you've given yourself. Am I speaking to people tonight? 
Some of you have spoken such powerful statements about yourself. It's like taking a, taking a, a road sign and labeling it on, over yourself and deciding this is who I am. But God made you who you are. Here's the deal. Peter changed but never changed. John changed but never changed. I got born again. I changed but I never changed. I'm still the Kevin Upton who got that police record when I was 11. (laughs) I'm still the... Now I was using my personality in ways that shouldn't be used. But I'm still that person. You understand me here. I'm still the person. I'm still the kid that was always, when we were, when we were kids, I remember it with my brother, I was the youngest, as you know, of, of six, and, um, but I would always be the one who would speak up. And I remember my brothers getting surrounded by these thugs, and they was, these guys were enormous. <laughs> these, these guys that come up and they come to bully my, my um, uh, two older brothers that, um, that uh, I used to hang around, Mike and Jeff. Um, Mike was, uh, is uh, Jono's dad. And uh, so, just in case anyone didn't know, I've mentioned that probably every week. And uh, <laughs> so, um, so there we were. And we got surrounded by these, these, um, these lads. Um, Nicholas Piper, I think his name was, just in case we can hunt him down. And uh, <laughs> on Facebook. And, they started, and, he started, and they started to sort of uh, threaten us. And so I decided that, well, hey, there's three of us. Surely we can take them on. And I'm tiny. I'm still in primary school. And I'm throwing punches at these enormous, like, hairy gibbon-type characters <laughs> that, are, that are just sort of well overdeveloped. And... and, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, with way too much attitude, and we all got an absolute pasting. But, but um, <laughs> Mike, he got the biggest pasting as well, which is uh, I did, wasn't taking any responsibility for that. And, uh, but here's the thing, you see, the personality that I was, God came into my life and he used me. He didn't, he didn't tell me that I was an idiot. He didn't tell me that I was a looter. He didn't tell me that I had to change my personality. He just told me that he had created me for a greater purpose. You have to understand, God created you for a greater purpose. He didn't create you to, uh, uh, in, in the, the magnificence of your personality to just come along and change you and, and say, oh, by the way, yeah, I made a mistake. We're going to see if we can shift this personality somehow. <laughs> Who you are is who you are, but when you match who you are with the nature of Jesus Christ, you become the fullness of what he created for you, not the limitation. You see, what limits us is not our personality, but is rather the fears and the things that come around us that restrict our decision-making ability. It's the things that, that stop us from fulfilling the call of God upon our lives. It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, I I want you to, I'm going to finish with this, and I want you to see this. It says in Acts 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, 
How did they perceive that? Well, because Peter and John would have been speaking with the accent of working class men. These were not cultural men. They didn't have the refineries of the social climbing middle class. They didn't have the they didn't have all of those things. What they had was the hard, rough hands of fishermen, the rugged face of someone who spent most of the days out in the ocean. They had the, the men who would who were tough and hard looking, rough talking men, men with a thick accents uh, men who were, were came from that environment, these were untrained, uneducated men, but they were still Peter and John. Yeah. They were still the same men. They were still the same personality. And the brilliance of God's plan is he takes you and he sets you free. So when I have been changed by God, what that really means is I haven't changed. It's just the fear and the grip of, of life and the, and the restrictions of life around me. That's changed because that's not there anymore. You see, when you change in Jesus Christ, what happens is it's, it's not a shift of your personality. It's a shift of the things that have grabbed onto your personality. And so you become a new person in Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I just want to, we just, I said this morning that we're going to have a time of commissioning, a time of just praying for people. I, I want to encourage you in, in two weeks, three weeks' time, I keep saying two weeks, I can't work out, it's two more Sundays. And then there, so it's three weeks. It's three weeks' time. We're going to start a series called I Dare You. Uh, and we're going, to be, we're going to be giving you outrageous dares. Um, nothing illegal. And, uh, or indecent. And, uh, because that wouldn't be, yes. Anyway, so, <laughs> although one does, for, anyway, no, no, I'm not gonna work. <laughs> we, we have worked, we've, we've, we've had all sorts of dares at home, things to do. Um, and, uh, I, no, I can't even tell you. Anyway, so, <laughs> because it was at home and what's at home stays at home. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I want you to know that, that, what happens is that we're often constrained from sharing our faith. We're constrained from believing for a miracle. We're constrained from speaking of what God has done for us. We're constrained by what we say about ourselves. We're constrained. There's no sound, is there? I don't know whether he knows there's no sound. Is there? <laughs> it's, uh, it was really lovely playing anyway. It looked very... Um, <laughs> It looked very beautiful. It's like heaven <laughs> coming down upon him, and he has a. I think Andy's a bit like Jesus, really. He's don't just you? Like the yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of. He's. If anyone was like Jesus, it would be Andy, because <laughs> he's just so sweet and gentle. But I reckon he could probably throw a punch if he needed to, like Jesus did, because he did, didn't he? He Jesus would throw a punch if he needed. Well, a whip, which is probably even worse. And uh, so. Um, you know, tonight I, I want you to understand that Jesus wants a church liberated from the restrictions and the words we've spoken over ourselves. God wants you free from the fear of yourself. He never made a mistake when he made you. Never made a mistake. 
some of you have spoken words over yourselves. Some of you get flashbacks of previous events. And you're experiencing those flashbacks in odd moments. And they create, they cause you to say words about yourself which diminish you, which curse you. God has blessed you. He's made you whole. The Bible says that when you ask Jesus into your life, he comes and lives in you. Jesus doesn't live in broken houses. He lives in whole houses. If Jesus is in you, you are whole. It's only your thinking that has to be restored. Not you. Because he made you as he made you. You could say, well, I'm a shy person. Yeah, he makes shy people. You know, if I told you that I was shy, you wouldn't believe me, right, would you? But there is a, I'm quite a complex character. I sometimes confuse myself. Um, And actually, shy is actually one of my personalities. It's part of the, one of my personalities. I also talk to myself a lot. I've got several voices going on at the moment. And uh, so, but actually, I'm actually quite shy. I find, from a personality point of view, I find that I'm unable to... um, speak very easily in public um, in natural conversation. I can do this very easily. I've spent many years working on speaking from here. But one-to-one conversation with a complete stranger, it puts my head in turmoil. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? You know, some people go, oh, it's easy for you. You just come up and say hello. How are you doing? Inside my head, I'm going, hi, how are you? I don't know what else to say. <laughs> My head just went blank. I, uh, nice weather. Great weather. Yes. It's been very cold. Oh, Jesus, help me now. Give me something to say. Is that something? Or, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> That's just who I am. And God never stopped that who I am from using me to speak to complete strangers about Jesus. I just had to break the fear of it. Because the person of who I am is the person who he wanted me to be. He's not afraid of shyness. He's not afraid of extrovert. He's not afraid of someone who is very intelligent and nerdy or very creative and See, we're afraid of those things, but but God created them. We get afraid of who we are. We hate the things that, based on what we did, based on the mistakes we've made, based on our own judgment of them. And here's the thing we have to understand. Your judgment of yourself is extremely biased, bent towards the negative, bent towards the destroying and undermining of yourself. God wants you to rise up and say, I am not bound by my mistakes. And my mistakes do not define me. They don't define my personality. They don't define my gifting. 
They don't define and they don't restrain or restrict me. God created me. He created me as I am right now. And this person right now can do amazing things for God. Right where you're sitting, this person right now is going to do amazing things for God. This person is going to walk away from the restrictions, the fears, the heartache that you placed over yourself and you're going to walk free because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He will not change you. He will liberate you. He will set you free. But he's already created you perfect. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.